0: Let's <laughs> go. Okay, fans, this is your man, Cam, and I'm joined by young Sam Rossine. Young Sam, how you doing?
1: Doing fantastic. Cam,
0: how you doing? I'm well, sir. I'm well, sir. And we make up Voice of the Fans. I want to thank you guys for tuning in to Week 61 of Voice of the Fans show. And this week, we're going to reveal our top ten rankings in the NFL, talk about some of the unexpected storylines, and as always, our better wins and worse losses. Also going to touch on the NBA, the whole load management. In fact, I needed a day yesterday for load management myself, Mr. Cleavon. We're going to talk about the load management issue in the NBA and who's looked the best thus far in the short few weeks of the NBA season. So let's get to it, Mr. Cleavon. Let's get to it. So last week in the NFL, well, let me back up. It's November 7, 2019. The number seven, a lot of players wore this number in sports. But in your eyes, who wore number seven best,
1: sir? Uh, In my eyes, it would have to be John Elway, uh, quarterback of five Super Bowls, Winner of the two, um, you know, took that to the front office and uh, was able to get another one. So I to have to switch on LA for my money.
0: That's not a bad pick. That's not a bad pick. But how about the experience? The Mike Vick experience. He wore
1: that number pretty good. Oh, he yeah. wore that number fantastic, and I, I always think what what could have been before, you know, the debacle and then the resurrection and then the, you know, kind of the fall off. But, you know, yeah, he was definitely uh, on a trajectory to be quite possibly one of the greatest ever. Okay. okay.
0: And you know, a local kid, Paul Scansi, the University of Washington, premieres lot receiver. Do you recall that guy, or is that before your time?
1: No, I do recall that Paul Stancy guy. Wow. If he if he wasn't sure, handed in quite a, you know, quite you know, demand around here when he was doing his thing, and, you know, one of the main reasons they were able to get that second Super that second uh, Rose Bowl. But, on this part of the uh, country. I also have to look to a a guy named Brandon Roy that picked the helm uh, with the Portland Trailblazers. And, you know, from the very first tip-off, he was kind of like the the anointed leader and just took them to a whole other level when he took the court.
0: A former Bulldog graduate and also returned back to the state of Washington coach high school. I agree with you there. So number seven, November 7th, we always recognize those who, who wore the number 7 best. And then with it, with 61 of the voice of the fans, who wore number 61 best? This was a tough find. Who'd
1: you have on Only guy I could think of is electric Josh Beckett. I mean, you know, his ability to win that uh, in a World Series with the, the Marlins and also then back again with the Red Sox was you know, quite impressive. So
0: Yeah, and there you and there you have it there. That's about the only guy I could find, man. So good find out of you. So this week in NFL man, let's this week ten in NFL we're more than halfway through the season. So we will reveal our top ten rankings. Outside of the Dolphins getting their first win, I mean, it's not much of a surprise because you actually pred- predicted it. But after the Dolphins getting their first win, what are some of the unexpected storylines we've seen this this year in the NFL? Kind of want to get to that. Would it be the Chargers in their, in their futility, although they appear to be making somewhat of a comeback here in this game against the Raiders here? Would it be the Browns in, in their uh, – Ineptness this season, the Niners. Well, what's been the the unexpected storylines that you've seen so far this week, uh, this year in the NFL?
1: Well, I think for me, the number one storyline would have to be the Buffalo Bills being six and two. I was certainly not predicting that type of success, although I thought they had a pretty good roster, um, they had a pretty good draft, and you know I thought their defense was pretty, you know, oh, what's out, the- but. What division is I, the I certainly wasn't expecting uh them to be six or two at this point in the season. What division is the Bills in? They're in the AFC East. And,
0: and this is the the division you keep saying is uh the weak one of the weakest divisions that gives a certain tick for a, a golden ticket into the playoffs.
1: Oh, wow. Thanks. Thanks so much for bringing that back up. Yes. As a matter of fact, the New England Patriots have won that division 12 straight years in a row. And the other two teams in that division are both one and seven. So you're absolutely right. So given that the other two teams have only won two games between the two of them and the other team is, uh, although, you know, is playing, uh, you know, probably quite a bit higher than expectations. Um, I still think the New England Patriots are in the division. So, yeah, that hasn't changed.
0: Okay, so you got the Buffalo Bills. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up the continuing continuing saga of Antonio Brown, who now says this week he wants to get back in the NFL. He wants to actually go sit down and, and talk to somebody about how he's been blackballed and and how the NFL continue to treat black players differently. What what do you think about this guy,
1: man? You know, I'm not a doctor, but just kind of from the comments that he's made on Twitter and just kind of his behavior in general over the last, uh, let's just say 16 months. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of thinking that these are some, you know, CTE symptoms to a certain extent. Um, He's certainly taken a different path than a lot of other superstar receivers, um, so I'm not quite sure why it's always everyone else's fault. I mean, he was in Pittsburgh, didn't like that. Got traded to Oakland, didn't like that. Got to the, you know, it was supposed to be the, uh, you know, the home wanted franchise of the of the league after the Patriots and couldn't couldn't sustain there. So, you know, most people that are in the know will say, well if you can maybe with the Patriots is, you know, I'm not quite sure where you're gonna make that. So um, I it just it, the more that I hear it, the more, you know, I feel it's just a tragic case and I'm hoping it's something I'm hoping it's not something more than it appears on the surface, you know? Um
0: yeah, I'm not gonna go the C T E route. I'm not going to go the brain damage route. I'm just going to go the full-of-yourself full route. He came in as a six-round draft pick, if I remember correctly, late-round draft pick, if anything. Played his way up to a well, fourth string, third string, number two guy, to the number one receiver on the first season. and all of a sudden just became full of himself. Now, whether – clearly he uncovered some issues that was going on in in the locker room there throughout the last couple of seasons. But it's clear that he's been a part of some of those issues that's been in the locker room with the Steelers. So I'm not – a lot of this is self-induced. And I hope he gets his uh, head straight, gets his mind straight, and – Go ahead and serve this five, six, seven-week penalty that they're going to give him, and get back in the league and regains his credibility that he's had from just pure player development. Hopefully, hopefully get things to come back stronger than it was before. But I'm not. Gonna be the, I'm just going to go full of himself. I don't know where he's gonna make that millions of dollars, you know, playing a game. I don't know where it's, out, where it's out there for him, and hopefully he gets back in the league because clearly the league's gonna move on. He needs the league, and it's funny to hear Cat say. I think I saw the, saw a post earlier today. Cat said uh, the league needs him because they're losing money without him. Man, I don't think these are guys who understand what the football is all about or what the NFL is all about. The NFL will move on. It's a train, get on, enjoy it while you can, and get off at the right time. Hopefully it doesn't kick you off before you jump off. So that that was surprising to me. That's one of the unexpected storylines, as you mentioned. He played with three – was a member of three different teams before the ceremonies exit. I say also because I picked the Browns to go to the Super or go to the playoffs, not Super Bowl, excuse me, because I picked the Browns to go to the Super Bowl, I'm kind of surprised by, very much surprised by their utility this season and then their ineffectiveness. And I think it has much to do with their quarterback and his ineffective play, whether they have that proverbial book out on them, as you, as you like to mention, or – He's not playing. He's been busy with uh, commercial productions and all this throughout the off season, not focusing on football. Bad coaching, bad offensive line—wherever you want to put it, the Browns have not been what I and mean me football fans have expected this season. So uh, that's something that's kind of an unexpected storyline to me. Additionally, you you got any anything else you want to touch on, Mr. Cleveland?
1: Um, well, with regards to surprising storylines, I am surprised that the quarterback uh, up here in the 206 has got 22 touchdowns and one interception. That's pretty impressive. Um, I was not expecting Russell Wilson to break out and be the MVP of the week. I thought that he would have a good season. I thought that the Seahawks would run the ball consistently and he would make plays here or there. But a 22-to-1 touchdown-interception ratio is not what I was expecting, though. Is that your way just to get Russell Wilson in this conversation? Come on, man. Coming into the season. No, you were asking what were some of the unexpected storylines of the year, and I'm like, well, Russell Wilson being the MVP of the league by anybody's, you know, I mean, in-person you know, expectations, you know, the first half of the season, that's kind of far-fetched. Nobody would have thought that. They would have thought that he would be efficient. You know, he would be, you know, Russell Wilson to a certain extent. But okay. the most valuable player in the league, I thought that would be a little bit of a stretch, wouldn't you think?
0: I think that's your way of just trying to squeeze Russell Wilson into this conversation. What else would you going into the season this year in the NFL? Ten weeks ago, Russell, as Russell goes, the Seahawks go. You've known that for this season for two months now. You've known this for over three years now. If Russell doesn't get it done, the Seahawks, Seahawks aren't getting it done. You know this, even though they try to they try to the three headed monster with the running game and try to have or they've had the best
1: running production in the years the last okay so 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 rewind so rewind i mean i know you've been uh, uh i know you've been a little bit far removed with 206 for a little bit and you know your finger is not quite on the pulse of, of things okay. that are so, going on up here so yeah. let's 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 kind of backtrack here a little bit okay first off when we first started out it was marshawn lynch's team it was beast mode first and foremost And in his early developmental years, he had one of the top five defenses in the history of football behind him. So it was not on him to be the savior, the guy that always has to make plays and the one who, you know, puts the team on his back and carries them to wherever they're going to go. And this, this season has been hey, hey, for this. this. is pretty as far as the end being kind of the straw that stirs the drink. This is the first <laughs> season it's really been all about Russ.
0: This is the first season it's all come on, man, cut it out. This, this is pretty this is pretty slick of you to turn this whole conversation to all about Russell Wilson. Cut it out. This has not been the first season it's been all about Russ. The last three seasons have been all about Russ. The as I told you Two years ago, the Legion of Boom was not the boom anymore. Once Sherman Sherman got hurt, once your Cam Chancellor went out with the knee, with the neck injury, the Legion of Boom has, w- was disbanded there abruptly, much sooner than anybody anticipated. At that point, it became all about Russell Wilson. They tried to help him out with the running game force-feed their running backs, improve the offensive line. But it's been in Russ we trust up there. What are you talking about? It's been all about Russ. If Russell didn't get it done, they had nothing. So to say he's had one interception and 26 passes and 26 TD passes, that might be a little unanticipated. But it's all about Russ and what he does. I I told you last season he was in MVP conversation, if you recall. I thought we had this conversation last year with Russell being one of the top players in the league. So it's been before this year it's where the where the complete offense has been in Russell Wilson's hands. Am I not correct in saying that?
1: Um, I mean, you're not really correct for saying that. And, I mean, you know, the MVP conversations last year were a little bit premature. This oh. year they're definitely, you know, validated and warranted. So, I mean, it's I, like I like I said before. I realize that your finger is not on the pulse of, you know, single six football and, You know, you kinda have a kind of a you know, a cali mentality about it all. And that's fine. Uh
0: it it's it's called objective objectively looking at the situation. Yes, I'm not blinded by the green and the blue and green goggles that you're wearing. But again, I did say Russell Wilson was in the in the super uh excuse me. In the MVP conversation last year, so it hasn't been all about Russ just starting this season, but he's done a damn good job with it. So, nonetheless, I, I wouldn't have, and to your point, I wouldn't have anticipated Russ going twenty-six and and one, having a, a ratio of twenty-six and one in touchdown to interceptions. But he's doing damn good, and it looks like uh, your guy. Met, um, Number 16, Tyler Lockett, is actually as a slot receiver, being playing the number one position, is doing a damn good job. Doing a damn good job at, at that role. And then they have the compliment. We're week 10, and number 14 is actually producing for those guys. So he has a, some quality receivers it appears, and then he's using them and getting the job done. So good work out of Russell, and the Seahawks up there. But they have a team to to contend with, Did you expect the team in Northern California to be eight no at this point? well actually they well actually they meet here on Sunday. Did you expect these guys to be eight 0 and tell me what you think about this
1: forty nineers team within the division? They meet on Monday night. We're going down to the Yay area. We'll be ready for them. It'll be fantastic. Um, I don't think that the 49ers have had a lot of formidable competition at this point, but the way that they've been able to put together 8-0, I mean, 8-0 is 8-0. And that pass rush is no joke. I really like their front four. It's definitely the best front four in the league right now, so we'll see how things go and how they transpire from here on out. But, yeah, this uh, Veterans Day – Monday night football game, yeah, it's must g t v TV. Yeah, it's gonna be pretty
0: damn good, I, I must say. The Dolphins getting their first W. I mean, against the the biplanes of the Northeast, it's it, it sickening. It's sickening. I I didn't expect them to go zero sixteen like many of you guys were hoping, but we fall. <laughs> With just Dolphins' luck, they go all year getting rid of their best players, trying to tank, and they can't even do that correctly because now we're in the number three hole behind the Bengals, the biplane, and we're sitting at number three right now with the best pick. Your thoughts on the Dolphins? I mean, you picked this, you did pick this win, but your thoughts on the Dolphins and, and how they look thus
1: far? Oh, like I said last week, Cam, I mean, it's all just coming to fruition. I, I, I predicted the, the victory this week. Um, I, I said that once they kind of got this victory, you know, they kind of messed around the week before and almost got that victory. And just kind of the way they're going about it. They're not, they're, you know, they're falling to like pure pressure almost, man. It's like they're not really trying to tank like you're supposed to tank. It's like don't pretend like you're tanking and then end up getting three victories in the season and end up with the number five pick because then you're not helping your team out. The whole point of tanking is to get the top tier talent so that you're able to take that next step. But like I said last week, the way that they're doing it, they're so inept at doing it that they're going to wind up without the water too, which means they'll wind up without Tua or Mr. Young and and they'll just end up with a player. And it'll just be hilarious. Yeah. And they're they're well on the way because like you said, they just want this get Now they're all pulled themselves, they feel good and they you know they might even get another game. And get another win, you know, I mean like like the swing and stuff, you know, this you know two yeah. and ten you know, is is way worse than 0 12 at this point in the season. You know what I'm saying? I'm
0: not a, I'm, I'm not a, a believer. I haven't been, never will be a believer in the tank process. But I mean, it appears they can't even do this right. If, if, if you're going to tank, just lose all damn games. And here we are, winning games and ruining our chances to get you um a franchise quarterback if he's out there. I, I hope their selection process is good, man. I just I'm gonna hinge back on that. I just hope their selection process is good and they can find that revolutionary player to kinda of change their fortunes because obviously our coaching can't do it. Um our regime can't do it. Our coaches and owners can't do it. We we need we need a player to come in there and do it. But enough of them Let's talk about who had the better win or the better loss this week: uh, the Vikings or the Chiefs? Was that a better win for the, a better win for the Chiefs, or a better win for the, a better worse loss for the Vikings?
1: Oh, a better win for the Chiefs. I mean, anytime they can win without the MVP of the league on your team, I mean that's that's fantastic. I mean, the the Vikings had an opportunity to do some th- things, but. I mean, the mere fact that the Chiefs came out without homes and were able to beat a team that, you know, fancies themselves a playoff contender is a much better win. I don't know if
0: you're watching this game. I, I agree with you or not, but I don't know if you're watching this game, but the Chargers looks like they just barely staying alive here with under a minute to go in Oakland. Last game that, that they'll play in Oakland, down by two points, 43 seconds. They just, on um, fourth down, they just got bailed out with a pass interference call. Do you got that game on?
1: I I am watching as we're doing the show. Yeah, it is in the background. Yeah, just got
0: just got bailed out with the call. You can see the angst on Groovin' face right now. I can't obviously we're doing the show, so I can't hear. But they just got another chance. So they got seventy yards to go, or probably about fifty yards to go to get in the field goal range. But I'll keep you guys posted, fans. Uh, was this a, speaking of the Chargers? Was this a better win for the Chargers, or a worse loss for the Packers last week against um, here in Los Angeles? Well, I'll tell you something about that game. Initially, I was a little disappointed in the Packer fans. I know the Steelers fans came out, it was eighty twenty, the Steelers the Steelers fans to Charger fans at the Chargers home stadium. Last week it was just seventy thirty. I was a little disappointed the Packer fans. I thought the more Packer fans would come out and support their squad, but it was only about seventy thirty last week. And I know it sounds ridiculous, but against this when the Steelers were in town, it was clearly 80-20, if not 90-10. So I was a little I was a little surprised by Packer fans. But did, what's your thoughts on that game? Was it a better win for the Chargers or worse, worse loss for the Packers?
1: Much better win for the Chargers. I mean, they were taken on, you know, quite possibly in most people's, you know, comparison one of the top three teams in the NFC. So when you take on one of the top three teams in the other division, in the conference, excuse me. I mean, you got to feel good about yourself, especially considering that they had not played well to this point. So, much better win for the Chargers. Yeah, great win for the Chargers.
0: I had a chance to interview Aaron Rodgers after the game when NBC, CBS, excuse me, NBC, NFL Network. Cut out my question and just played Aaron Rodgers' response to my question all week long. We're kind of disappointed in that, but nonetheless, I did get a chance to interview the quarter, the a Super Bowl winning quarterback, and he gave me some valid response, you know, that went viral in a sense. So that that was pretty cool. The Sunday night game, the Ravens at the Patriots. Better win for the Ravens or worse loss for the Patriots?
1: Oh man, worse loss for the Patriots. Without yeah. question. They were talking about wow, was this team uh invincible? Was this the best defense that we've ever seen in the history of the NFL? I mean, all of these things that were supposedly able to go on, um, but you know, with a you know, a hint of reservation you know, from real football, you know, aficionados like myself. Uh, Yeah. Aficionados? Did you pick the the Ravens? So, like I'm saying, if I I can please finish, please. So, like I'm saying, it wasn't out of the realm of possibility that this could happen. It wasn't even really all that far-fetched that it could happen, given the fact that the Patriots had only beaten one team with a winning record. And when they come in, I mean, you know, it, it's become quite apparent that Levo- Lamar Jackson is a handful, So you don't, you don't really have an answer to him. What you have is you just try and score when you have the ball to the best of your ability. Uh, just trying to contain him or keep him in space. I mean, those are just concepts and theories that you just kind of throw out that nobody can really. Yeah, I agree. That was, was probably the most part.
0: And the game is over. Interception thrown by Philip Rivers at third of the day, and the Raiders have, will, in 20 seconds, defeat the Los Angeles Chargers in all intents and purposes in their season, as they will drop to 4-6, and six, and the Raiders will improve to 5-4 and four as they close out the Oakland Alameda Stadium and the Chargers play there for the final time in their history. But as you were saying, Lamar Jackson, uh, that was a stage where he stepped on the stage and certainly shown me that he's a real deal quarterback. His running game, the way the the way Harbaugh has them running the ball mixed with Mark Jack or Mark Ingram in the backfield this team they always could play defense but being able to control the ball with their running game is truly truly impressive so beating the undefeated patriots at the time was an awesome awesome win for the awesome win for the ravens and they just proved how dangerous they can actually be so we'll get to we'll get to our top 10 list later but they have to be in everybody's top ten now with in rising, top ten in rising because this is a Lamar Jackson's proved that he has a lot of capabilities there within within their offense. He's in control of the offense and uh, something the AFC has has to be very much concerned with.
1: And that being said, let's let's add let's have the two caveats that I think actually quite helps quite a, a lot for uh Baltimore getting this win. Uh, number one, they never come up and buy. So they never come okay. kind of get some reps and do some things. Number two, it was Ed Reed Day. I'm sorry. You, Ed, can't, we didn't hear you, Cleveland. I was number two. Number two is it was Ed Reed Day. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> one of those things, man. And I'm, I'm I'm kind of putting together some research, and I'm going to release something very shortly here. When your team is giving somebody a Hall of Fame ring, putting somebody in the Ring of Honor, or unveiling a statue of someone's likeness. Good chance that team gets a little bit fired up and tries to, you know, make the most of the momentum and the emotion and the inertia and tries to ride that to, to a win. And they were able to do that. That without Ed Reed Day, I'm not sure if they win, but with that little extra that they had, it certainly helped. Let me break that down for a moment. I agree with you. Ed Reed has something. That, it
0: obviously impacts the Baltimore Ravens. However, Ed Reed Day, Ed Reed Knight, didn't do much for the Patriots and their defense. Their inability, I'm not giving them any credit for their inability to slow down Lamar Jackson. Ed, the Ed Reed date infused something on that defense, not necessarily that offense. So I do understand where you're coming from. Yes, it might have a small impact, but more so on the defense on the defense side of Baltimore Ravens, not necessarily the offensive side. But where I agree with you, I have to partially. I can only partially agree because. The way that offense, the way the team played on the offensive side of the ball, has very little to do with the excitement that Ed Reed brings to the to the off or to the team.
1: Nonetheless, it was a great win
0: for the Baltimore Ravens. It was a great team win. It shows what that team is is capable of moving forward. And as I stated, the AFC has something to worry about in Lamar Jackson, the running game of the Baltimore Ravens. And what that defense can do when they're fired up. When we come back, we're going to take a look at our conference picks and review our picks for the week. Mr. Cleveland, let's take a break here okay mr cleavon thank you again for standing thank you again for staying with us in reviewing our picks for this past week i had indiana indiana winning the colts winning the buffalo won me some points seattle won me some points uh Niners won me some points, and I had the Patriots winning. So the Colts and the Patriots lost, so it cost me six points out of the confidence picks. You had Cleveland winning. You had New England winning. Buffalo, Seattle, and San Francisco won you some points. You gave you had New England at a two and Cleveland at a one, so you only lost three points. So you ahead mm-hmm. of twelve twelve to nine, holding a steady steady lead there throughout the week of the season. By the time I change that around, but you're holding so, a steady,
1: So right. is that is that like a twenty? Is that
0: like a twenty point lead at this point? Oh no, it's not a twenty point lead, sir. It's it's, it's one sixteen to one hundred. That's the total points for the year. So a sixteen point lead. Okay. 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 Thank
1: you for quite the time.
0: Yeah, minor advantage that we're gonna to have to get corrected. We might have to go back and look at our
1: score sheets
0: from previous weeks.
1: And, and I'm pretty sure that's not including the bonus points I have gotten for for perfect rounds uh, a few a few uh, weeks. But you know, we'll go back and uh, you know take a look at that. But I just want to see you know just kind of in general where we're at. Wow.
0: <laughs> this might be your best We've been doing the show six years This might be your best year yet, buddy I, I'll give you that This is, you, You're saving it all up for one season Because it continues into our, our our picks this week It was nine picks Correct to, Out of 14 to my six weeks correct I'll just
1: go down Ooh. The-
0: Ooh. I actually had the Jets
1: Beat my Dolphins You were under 100%, 100%. What? For you. Under 50% for you, man. Okay. okay.
0: Please continue.
1: <laughs> wow. <laughs> I had the Dolphins. I had the Jets beating my Dolphins. We talked about that. So you did of- not have the Dolphins. A lifetimer, dolphin. a lifetimer life did life not take the Dolphins to win this game. Okay. Okay.
0: I don't know what to say to that. I had, I, I'll just continue, sir. If I, please let me get through the pick segment so I'm not interrupted, fans. The Niners, we both had the Niners winning, both had the Houston, the Texans winning, Buffalo as well. I had Minnesota over KC. We talked about that tremendous victory, so good pick out of you picking the Chiefs. Pulled out a last. Last-second field goal, I think Buckner needed a 56-yarder to win the game, and he kicked it 60 yards. So good win out of Kansas City to get that W. We both picked uh, Chicago to beat the Eagles. The Eagles handily beat the, the Bears, and and looks like they'll be looking for a quarterback as well. I had the Colts over Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh again. Well, Vinatieri missed a field goal to win that game. Nonetheless, the Colts did lose that game. Had, we both had Carolina-Detroit. The Raiders won two games in a row because they beat up on Detroit, and then tonight they beat up on the Chargers. Seattle over Buccaneers. Barely squeaked that out. The game went to overtime, correct? Yes, it did. Yeah, against the Buccaneers. Wow. We both had the Browns over the Broncos. The Broncos won that game with their quarterback who hasn't a rookie quarterback, well, he's a third-year quarterback, but he played his first game, finally got his first start three years down the line and got the W. I had Green Bay over the, the Chargers. We, we discussed that win the Chargers had over the Green Bay. I had New England. I had Dallas over the Giants, and Dallas was able to pull that one out. So I had six wins. Uh, my picks against the spread, I went 0, 0 for You only won one, one game out of your picks against the spread. So you, you won that by default there. And then for the year, our pick segment, we're overall, I'm at 64%. You're at 63%. It's real what? Real tight. It's real tight. For our total picks of the season, um, our combined picks, I got 87 wins. You got 85 wins, 85 points, excuse me. It's real tight there. And talking about the games that's coming up this week, what what games are you looking forward to seeing this week, sir?
1: Wow. Is that a serious question? I'm looking forward to seeing the Seahawks versus the San Francisco 49ers on Monday night. Let's get down. Let's see what's up. I mean, there is no other game. Is there is anybody else even playing this week?
0: <laughs> well, there are some games. There are some games on Sunday, and there was a game that started tonight, sir. That was a pretty good game. So if they go yeah, back, man,
1: Dad, real who's playing? I
0: don't even know. <laughs> Who theirs. If this game goes uh, keeps it close like this game was, I hope sure all the NFL will be intrigued. Uh, the Vikings do travel to Dallas to play the Cowboys there. Six and three Vikings play the five and three Cowboys. And the five and three Rams do travel cross country to play the four and four Steelers. So both get, both teams there have their season is getting down to crunch time. So their season will be on the line here. Um, Rams versus Steelers and Vikings versus Cowboys. So there's a couple other good games on the list, sir, outside of what's going on in the Yay area. But you, you you care to give, since you're so fired up, you care to give the fans a little breakdown of, the, of what you see and how you expect the game to transpire?
1: Oh, for sure. It will be a typical Seahawks game, and they will play to the level of their competition, um, this time it being a little bit higher. So they're going to make a lot more plays than their, you know, their counterparts. And when it comes down to it, man, the 49ers just aren't going to be able to make enough plays. We're going to sneak out of there with a thirty-three to twenty-nine victory. Thirty-three
0: to twenty-nine. That's, that means San Francisco is going to make quite a bit of play, uh, quite a few plays there. If you're giving them twenty-nine points, you
1: uh, know the Seahawks defense is not that great. Uh, they're pretty much improving ninety-five percent of the time. So, I mean, it, it's not out of their own the realm possibility that teams, you know, score points and move the ball. Um, it's just that when plays need to be made. Um, there's guys like Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett and Chris Carson and uh, DK Metcalf and DK Metcalf and DK Metcalf that can come up with some plays that will kind of change, you know, yeah. the outcome of the game.
0: You got number 14 as a game uh, as a game breaker now?
1: As a game changer. Yeah, he's a playmaker, homie. Uh, he's not quite a, uh, you know, him and Michael Irvin have been talking. I don't That's the closest he's gonna get to Michael Irvin. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know, if every other you heard. You had that kind of damn level of things you were six, but you were Michael. We've been talking about like, can I, can I get the Monica? <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> I don't. Think,
0: oh my goodness, you got me with that one. Oh boy.
1: <laughs>
0: hey, I don't, I don't think there's, there's no discussion to be had right there.
1: The, I gotta say, like I'm saying is, you know, Mike's Jets been up here a few times this week. You know, they've been kind of, you know. Oh my goodness, talking about it, Oh my goodness. So now all of a sudden you're comparing the guy to, the playmaker. Is this what you're going with? I, I was not. I was not making comparisons. I just said there has been conversations as to whether or not he is, you know, worthy of using the moniker. Can he use it? And you know, there's there's certain provisions. You know how you know how Mike is. You know, So we you know, have to be able to do that. First that.
0: of all, you have to, to, to than 40 passes in the season. First of all, that's that's the start. That, that's the for Okay. You. Well, well,
1: well, well, he is well on his way to doing that. So that's that's how the conversation kind of got started. To be quite honest. Oh my goodness gracious! <laughs> this
0: guy, you ought to be ashamed of yourself, Mister Cleveland, to try to to invoke the name of Michael Irvin, the playmaker, with this rookie who who just got on the field for a few for a few, ga- for a few games. You, you you ought to be ashamed of yourself.
1: I just do have the way things are transpiring i i mean i'm not I'm not responsible for it man it's just it's just how things are going here you know
0: yeah it's been a little cloudy it's been a little cloudy up there and I understand why so how about the infusion of josh Gordon man it's it's um you bring him up there, and I think he's in, he's been pro- denver i guess is the the worst city he could have went to. Considering his likeness for cannabis, I think Denver's probably the only worst city he could have went to. So, how how are the the, the local fans treating, treating Gordon in, in in his arrival in Seattle? I mean, I know. A lot of people are passing things around and, and offering them some treats, but that's probably not the best thing for this guy. What do you think about that?
1: Well, given his, uh, you know, set of circumstances, everybody is very cognizant of, you know, the, you know, temptations that kind of come with a state that has um, a substance that is legal that the NFL does uh, not feel is legal. So not – doesn't feel as legal, but rather is a banned substance within their guidelines. So, yeah, everybody is aware of, of, of what that, you know, temptation can bring. Um, everybody is trying to do their best to kind of steer him away. And, you know, for these, uh, you know, next nine to ten weeks, <laughs> just, trying to be, is, uh, you know, just trying to be as, uh, you know, proactive as it's humanly possible. You know, hopefully, a lot of these games are on the road. A lot of other distractions. He's are not really familiar with this, uh, you know, the city. So, you know, yeah, you know, take it slow. We'll try to be our, you know, try and do our best to be, you know, somewhat of a deterrent to certain things he likes to do. And, you know, hey, man, first things first, make the team, man. You know, make an impact on the team, and then we'll worry about the subject.
0: All right, you you guys might need to support the kid for a, a, more than nine <laughs> to next nine to ten weeks <laughs> and, through the, and through the off season, you know, because that's that's the time when the cats get in trouble. But no, but I, I I digress. So that's all you're looking forward to this week, man. I told you about the Vikings traveling to the Cowboys. That should be a good game. Um. What else is on the list here? Panthers and the Packers. What do you think about the Panthers and CJ McCaffrey or Christian McCaffrey and his uh, on his MVP run with the Packers? Who who rebounds in that game? Do the Packers rebound in that game, or can the Packers continue their running winning streak, or the Panthers? Excuse
1: me, continue their winning streak. You know the Panthers. Uh, you know, they have a chance to do that. You know, the, the Packers they have a chance to bounce back. And, you know, to be quite honest, yeah, that, that's not a focal point. The game of the week is the game of the weekend. The only other game that really has, like, really any type of bearing on what's going to happen is the Kansas City Chiefs game. If Patrick Mahomes is actually healthy enough to play, And contribute, oh boy, that's way faster than anyone had anticipated. He's able to do that. That definitely changed the landscape of the AFC.
0: Okay, and then I'll leave. We can end it with this. The Bills and the Browns also play this weekend. Cleveland's favored by three points because they're in Cleveland. I picked the Browns last week. I'm not picking the Browns again. Well, what would a loss do for the Cleveland Browns?
1: Loss well, wouldn't do anything for the Cleveland Browns. I mean, they would be in the exact same situation that they're in before the game. I mean, I think a win would be a lot more of a, you know, a boost than a loss would be uh, a letdown. I mean, I think at this point you're, you're – I haven't done enough to really expect them to uh, come out and be successful. Uh, what I've kind of what I'm kind of leaning towards is we'll see what the um, impact green hunt has on this team. He- what I what I've seen I don't really think that uh chevy. The chubby guy is uh, an every-down back. I mean, I think he's very effective when he does what he does, but I think he needs, you know, some time off here and there. I think he needs kind of more of like a load management, if you will, uh, his running style. Oh, man, I totally disagree.
0: The chubby proved that he is an every-down back. Now, he might – some somebody to kind of relieve the pressure off him might be beneficial kind of keep him fresh throughout the game. So instead of him getting 21 carries, he gets 16, 17 carries. But I disagree. I think he is an every down back. And then some, a compliment to him would be extremely beneficial, not to only Chubb, but to your quarterback, man, who's having challenges. Who, who's He can't even decide which beard to wear or mustache to wear pre and post game. So he's having a lot of challenges. He has a lot of challenges. With, I told you, that they had the best receiving core in the game. He can't even get these guys the ball. I told you a few seasons ago who the best receiver in the game was, and that'd be Jarvis Landry. It's, It's not only proven the case as Landry and Beckham been on the same team, but somebody has more catches than another guy. Somebody's able to Somebody's able to get open continuously where the other guy is ha, has challenged him in that category, but no, nonetheless, Bente can't get, seem to get any of either one of them the ball consistently, and that's a challenge within himself. Something he has to look in the mirror to and get better. Again, whether that's coaching, whether that's repetition, whether that's focus. I, I'm not in Cleveland. I'm not there to see. I, I, I can't. I haven't talked to anybody about that situation. But just from what I see from afar, that's the situation there. But they have a few weeks to at least get on the same page and get moving forward. And as you you did mention, a win would do much more for them than what a loss would do. Cleveland. So let's take a break here, big guy. Let's do it we're gonna come back and talk about some NBA topics, what you've seen from the NBA in the first few weeks and discusses load management. Uh, the people at What's Good in Sports wanna, wanna talk to you, talk to the fans and make sure you guys tune into the website. Every Cleveland, have you seen the What's Good in Sports website?
1: Yeah, it's beautiful, man. Lots of uh, positive stories and lots of great content.
0: Um, The people they told me uh, personally, make sure you guys go visit the website. So, please, when you get a chance after the show, check out the com website. All right, Clevon. Once again, it's Voice of the Fans Week 61. A Voice of the fan show this year, November 7, twenty nineteen. Want to thank you, Clevon, for your participation. Thank you guys for tuning in. And then we got some fun facts from this date in history. In nineteen eighty-nine, Douglas Wilder became the first black governor, governor of the United States, and he was in the state of Virginia. On his way out though, he, he did pardon Alan Iverson. That's where uh, a lot of people made yeah. on, on his way out. And he wasn't a big fan of uh, the other population in Virginia, but that was one of the big things he did outside of becoming the first black governor of the U.S. On the day 1990, 1991, Magic Johnson, probably the best point guard in a lot of people's books of the NBA announced that he had he tested positive for HIV virus and then he was retiring for basketball. This was the first time this happened nineteen ninety one. It was a bad evening for me when I heard this message.
1: For whatever reason I had
0: to keep me on why I was doing something that people thought you might be able to contract AIDS. And ruin the whole night. But um 1991, that was this was a bad day all around. I was kind of sad to hear the story, but I'm more pissed off at Magic for ruining my night. Um, 1999, Tiger Woods be- became the first golfer since Ben Hogan in 1953 to win four straight tournaments. And it wasn't the beginning of his rise, but he, a, a year, a couple of years after, To start and continue this rise to prominence in the golfing world, which one of those stories do you remember most?
1: Without question, Maddie Johnson. It was shocking. It was out of nowhere. um, Again, my guy from, you know, his days in the East Lansing, um, winning the national championship of Michigan State, the game that kind of brought the, you know resurrection of the NBA, just kind of a glimpse into the future as to what, you know, bird and magic were going to bring and, um, uh, yeah, it was unexpected and sad. I mean, you know, it was just, uh, kind of overwhelming to be quite honest with you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Very, very surprising, very surprising moment. Sticking with the NBA something that Magic Johnson would have never accepted is the coach saying, hey, Magic, well, let's sit you down for a game just so you can get some rest. Back then, the load management to them was blowing the team out in the first first half of the game so they can sit Mm -hmm. a quarter half, midway through the third quarter into the fourth quarter so, so they can sit and rest. That was load management to the guys back then. What's your thoughts on
1: load management now? Um, I I find find it very curious that you're implementing the load management less than 10 games into the season. It just doesn't really make any sense. I don't really understand. I mean, I guess from a technical standpoint, I guess, you know, any back-to-back game sitting out is – you know, "quote unquote" load management, but I just don't see how the load had can possibly get to unmanageable two weeks into a season. I mean, what what has transpired? Are you playing forty-seven minutes a game? All the games you're playing. I mean, it's it, it sounds crazy. And 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 the other part of the load management is it it, it shows and this is a bad thing for the NBA, they they have this problem every once in a while, and they have to kind of bring themselves back to reality and kind of correct themselves because they get kind of full of themselves, is that they oftentimes think that it's all about them, and they don't understand that it's about the product. So when you're trying to load manage in the seventh or eighth game of the season, and you have a game where you have the NBA MVP potentially playing the finals MVP, and you sit it out because you just don't want to play, I don't think that you're fully understanding the impact that that has on other people and how that will impact the league and the game going forward. I mean, there's a reason that guys like Buddy Heald are making a hundred million dollars. Well I think and it's, like be and it's, be, it's because of the, the vibe of the NBA. But when you start doing stuff like spitting out like these type of matchups, people will lose interest faster than the players that are load managing really think because they've all of a sudden are starting to think that it's all about them in that understanding how what their how their behavior affects the rest of the bottom line.
0: So I'll give you this discussion. As I went into the arena last night, knowing that Kawhi was going to sit out because I saw the start lineups, you know, say 2 o'clock in the afternoon, by the time I got to the arena, it, the whole discussion was around or the whole thing in my mind was load management. And as a competitor, as a someone who believes in competition, I was disappointed because I wasn't able to see the league's MVP from last season play against the uh, finals MVP from last season. So it was explained to me this way, and through, through the various conversations with the people in the building, Mainly national uh, reporters, nationwide reporters that you all would be familiar with. Low management is going to happen. Kawhi is not going to play back to backs. There's about eight back to backs this season. He will not play any back games. So as you look at the, as, as you look at the calendar, there's a. Clippers have a back-to-back next week, and Kawhi will not play in any of the back-to-backs. That's happened for the season. There's a back-to-back next week. He will not play in, in. the think there's a back-to-back in the middle of December that he will not play in. So if you're looking to go to a Clippers game, check the roster before you get your tickets. There will be a back-to-back that Kawhi Leonard will not play in. As I mentioned, my standpoint from be, just being a competitor, my competitive spirit, and want to see the best competition on the court. That's why I chose to go through the game with the Milwaukee Bucks versus the Clippers versus the Clippers and the Portland Trailblazers. I just assumed that would be a much more competitive game, and a better game to watch from a fan standpoint, reporter standpoint, and what have you. I was told, and it kind of you know, brought it around to taking the fandom out of what we're looking at, is who would you rather play? Who would you rather play if you're going to miss one game would you rather miss a game against Giannis, or would you rather miss a game against Kent Bazemore and Damian Lillard? I think that's a self-explanatory answer there. And again, it doesn't.
1: Yeah, mean, it doesn't do the. Do it, but, do you, but, do you, but do you hear how you're sounding, Cam? Do, you, do you hear the arrogance in which you're kind of projecting? Um, I'm like it's like it's decisioning. It's no. like it's like you decide like how you feel about it.
0: I'm telling you, when
1: you have that are are trying that are that are spending like two thousand dollars a ticket, and you're trying to, you should be trying to somewhat acquiesce to who is coming to see you, and you just don't have any regard for it at all. It's all about you, how you feel. Ultimately, that's going to have an impact on how things are, how things are run.
0: Well, I'm not sure it's going to have an impact because, as as we talked about earlier.
1: Oh, I'm quite sure it will have an impact if you continue to do these kind of things. I mean, it's just so long as it's just Kawhi because he's already kind of, you know, a weirdo, so to speak. Uh, He's not very fan friendly and not very media friendly. So, okay, man. But you get like three or four guys doing this, just sitting whenever they want and sitting out against games against marquee, like. Big matchups? Yeah, that's not a good look. Again, listen
0: to what I'm saying. Uh, To your point, there's only a few players who who really have this impact on the league. But when these players that do have this impact, and it's already established that there there are games that they're going to sit out, and it's not me saying this. It's not me where I'm coming from it's i'm telling you about the conversation that i'm having within the building and so when it was put to me like that which game you pick pick your game pick your poison if you will which game would you rather sit out from a competitive spirit yes i i 100 in the arena like i don't understand this I, I i can't i can't get with it but when it was explained to me that way it's like okay i, I see where he's coming from secondly I wanted to go to the I want to go to the game because I wanted to see that competition. I want to see that spirit out there. However, <clears throat> when you look at last year's MVP and you look at last year's final MVP. There was no nothing to prove. The finals last year final MVP had nothing to prove against last year's league MVP. He did that in the playoffs. Milwaukee Milwaukee was up 2 to nothing on Toronto Raptors. Toronto Raptors subsequently came back and swept them four games straight, ended their season. Where I selfishly wanted to see the Clippers against the Milwaukee Bucks at full strength, that message had already been sent to the Milwaukee
1: Bucks the The regular season is not about having something to prove cam I mean it's only the first week of the season the The regular season is about the fans you're not you're not doing you're not doing this for your for for you you're you're doing this for because you're representing a franchise they're paying you tens of millions of dollars a year and you're like one of the beacons of like an industry that's making billions of dollars and you're deciding on your own that you just don't feel like it. It's in your best interest to not do it. It doesn't have anything to do with the overall best interest of the brand, the league, the world. It's all about you. Well, he's doing it, again, it,
0: within to, to defend... Sitting out two games within the first ten games of the season, I'm not
1: in agreement. So there's no that. defending that, bro. There's, there's, there's a... no load management in ten games. You're not, you're not, you're not I'm... managing a load. <laughs> there's no. load. Don't call it that. Just, just say you just don't want to play back to that games, and you don't have to, so you won't. Again, you, you, you're saying it as if
0: I'm trying to defend this. I'm telling you from what I'm hearing in the building. That's what I'm giving you. What I'm hearing in the building. And, again, I chose to go to the game because I want to see a competitive game. I want to enjoy the competition and, and the environment within that the competition brings. However, these are the things that's kind of helped me to come around, and I'm just sharing this with you, you and the fans. And those couple ideas that kind of said best about what the building was was feeling. And I kind of get it from those standpoints, um, which, again, as a fan, I understand exactly where you're coming from. So we're gonna obviously this is gonna be more talk throughout the season. It'll come up again next week, as I mentioned, and come up again in December, as I mentioned. But we'll have more more discussion about this quote unquote load load management. That surprisingly Russell Westbrook went through a couple games ago. He sat uh, and sat on the bench. It pained him to sit on the bench for and watch his team uh, lose. But yet yet happened yet and still it happened again. So with the first three weeks this first few weeks of the season, man. Has there been any, any surprises, anything that's kind of caught you off guard outside
1: of this little I would have to say one of the things that has uh, surprised me a little bit is uh, the Los Angeles Lakers.
0: Oh, boy. Uh, why did I tee that up for you?
1: I, what, I, I've seen what the, I've seen what kind of are you of the way that they have gone about their business. I would have thought that um, there would be a lot more of a transitional period as far as, you know, Anthony Davis and LeBron getting on the same page. There has not. I mean, but who I would I, I, I would have thought that uh, Dwight Howard. Wouldn't have had as much of an impact as he has. No,
0: of, oh. That's a very good, that's a very valid point right there. Dwight the Howard having impact, uh, better impact, more than you would, might have anticipated. But can you tell me the Lakers roster, or excuse me, the Lakers schedule, who they who they played and beaten here in their uh, at, on their quest to be six, six and one? I think their record is.
1: You know, I can't rattle off all of the teams that they have defeated um, in their six-game winning streak. I believe one of them was Dallas. Uh, I believe one of them was Utah. Uh, exactly. I'm not quite sure who the other teams were. I can't, Like I said, I can't name them all, but just the way that they've been able to kind of come together and, you know, um, I watched the other night, they, had a, they were down by 18, third quarter, by uh, midway through the fourth quarter, they were up by 18. I thought that was kind of a you know, a pretty short time span to kind of turn things around. And, you know, they just don't really seem to fear anybody, and they kind of seem to have a lot more poise at this stage of the season than I would have thought. Mm. interesting. Okay, that's
0: that's that that's fair. I'm with you on De, um, Dwight Howard and kind of what they in his his uh, progression this far in the season. But let me let me help you out since you you don't know uh, Utah Jazz, Charlotte Hornets, Memphis Grizzlies, Dallas Mavericks, San Antonio Spurs, Chicago Bulls. Any of those playoff teams? Do you have any of those teams making the playoffs? Maybe the Utah Jazz will make the playoffs when it's all said and done. So out of the six. I wins, did.
1: I, I did. I did say that the Dallas Mavericks
0: would would make the playoffs. Yeah. You got Dallas Mavericks making the playoffs. They'll, they'll be fighting for number eight if they're lucky. So, and I, I'll give you the Mavericks. So out of the six teams, they beat two playoff teams. So they have Toronto. They they have the Miami Heat, Toronto Raptors, Phoenix Suns, Golden State Warriors, Sacramento Kings, Atlanta Hawks, OKC Thunder back to back, Memphis Grizzlies. I mean, gee whiz. Uh, San Antonio Spurs, Pelicans, and Wizards. All this through November. I mean, come on, they should be 19 and one. What, <laughs> 19 and one against these these bums? I mean, they don't, they don't play another playoff team until the December. December. I um, mean, until the Nuggets, December three. I mean, come on. Well,
1: we'll have, we'll have to see how much load managing Anthony Davis and Lebron are doing. But, I mean, I guess if they were playing every game, perhaps, you know, your, your prognostication, you know, would be possible. I mean, they're,
0: they're not going to have to do load management. They can blow these squads out and not even, not even face true competition here pretty, you know, until, again, December where they play another playoff team a team that we project to make the playoffs until December. So, I mean, come on. That was, I, I'd give you something on Dwight Howard and his re, research, re into the league. Um, I'll give you something on that. But let's take a look at um, the voice of the fans, fantasy football inaugural season. I mean, there's thing, things are happening in this league. Oh wow, you must you must have
1: won, Cam. Think, things did you win this league. Cam, did um, you win this week? I mean, otherwise, why would we even be talking about fantasy football
0: again? There, there's somebody sitting. Brendan's team. Brendan's team is at, at eight and one. We got the bank squad sitting at six and three. Vegas twenty twenty sitting at six and three. Lord of the Rings, whoever that is, sitting at five, four and five. Lo no and behold, the champs is sitting at four and five. They're just a couple games out of a couple games out of the mix right here. Two game winning streak. They're just a couple games out of the mix, man. These are the championship weeks, and I bring it up because these are the championship weeks. These is when the real metal steps up and the guys show who they who they are. That's what happens in, in these next few weeks here. So we're going to see if somebody got a five-game winning streak, we're going to see if that continues. Brendan has a six-game winning streak. We're going to see if that continues. So,
1: well, we should... I am I, glad, glad that the last couple of uh, weeks has kind of uh, reinvigorated you and you, you're paying much more, more attention to kind of what's going on out there. Uh, as far as what these players are you know, doing, as far as you know, their ability to score points in certain situations, it hadn't been that way for the last couple of weeks. But it's, it's good to it's good to have you back. Good to have you back, big camp. Uh, yeah, man. Whatever,
0: big guy. Hey, Cleveland, let the people know where they can find you.
1: They can find me on Twitter <laughs> at Clevey Wonder. They can find me at on Instagram at Clevon's too. Well, I want to thank
0: you again for tuning in. We can find you can find Cleveland also on Voice of the Fans with me, Cam. You can find me at What's Good in Sport on Twitter, Voice of the Fans on Instagram, and again, you can find me every week on Voice of the Fans podcast, where you hear. Download our show, share our show. You can hear it on any any podcasting platform you choose, Spotify. Hit your, tune in. Apple, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, we're there. Make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend. One of the hottest shows in the podcasting world. Cleveland, I want to thank you guys for tuning in.
1: And fans always, thank you for making Outvoice voice your choice. Later. Not a And, hey, uh, please make sure uh, Kawhi gets as much rest as it's humanly possible, okay? I mean it's a long season. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have much to do with that,
0: but uh I'll get I'll get him a message. I
1: know I know I know you were random cats a lot. You know, you and Bomber are close. You know, you guys are tight I mean, you know, you're you know, team Kawhi, so I mean just make sure you get as much rest as, you know, as humanly possible. Hey man, thanks for making our voice your choice. You know how we do it. I love yeah, you. I love you.